Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's up, everybody? Josh here. Just wanted to let you know that Brush Creek Monsters has been updating their site weekly with new Doe on Fire estrus. Myself, Chris, Rick, and the rest of our team have been using Doe on Fire estrus since late October with great success. So head on over to the website at brushcreekmonstersllc.com and get you a bottle of Doe on Fire. Hey everybody, Rick here from Fueled by the Outdoors, and I'm here to tell you about a wonderful company, Saddies, custom ammunition and gun works. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads lately. Uh, I've been using the Saddies Fatties uh, turkey loads, and I gotta tell you, they stop a bird dead. Chris uh, used a 20 gauge this year, I used the 12, Josh used a 20, and uh, my son actually killed one with a 410 this year with uh, one of the Saddies loads, and my god, do they put the birds down like crazy. Aaron Satterfield and his family have a wide-ranging array of ammunition, custom game loads, predator loads, turkey loads, the Saddies Fatty, and also they do gun work. Please get a hold of them with any questions that you have in terms of your custom ammunition needs. Go to saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com and tell them that Rick from Fueled by the Outdoors sent you. Kurt Buck down, baby. Oh my gosh, that was freaking awesome. This is my first public land buck. This is my second set of the season. I can't even. Oh my gosh, I just heard him fall. I just heard him fall. Uh. I just shot my Kentucky buck. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Chris Leppert. Joined by my host, Josh Luck. Josh, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Tonight we have a very highly sexual guest, Mr. <laughs> Rick Cates. Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing well tonight, fellas. How are you guys? Not too bad. So we wanted to set this up kind of like how we set my buck up, you know, kind of make it special for Rick and make him sort of the guest of honor they did that that for me and uh we wanted to do that for him so um we want to break down rick's season and talk about what led to him killing this beautiful buck that he took uh, about what two weeks ago roughly yeah i believe so uh it was i forget which weekend in kentucky gun it was but it's been i think it's been a couple of weeks it was right before Michigan stole our signs again. Yeah, gross. <laughs> gross. Hey, hopefully, here. here's the thing. They're losing a bunch of players. I hope they beat the shit out of Alabama. <laughs> I'm rooting for Texas overall. But, uh, Hook them. 
I hope they beat the shit out of Alabama. Fuck them. I hope. So I hope every. I, all I want to do is tell El, every Alabama fan, hey, you guys weren't deserving, but also, it wasn't the best fit. Like, like, <laughs> like, you shouldn't have been in there. We should have had a smaller school with less funding. Anyway, we just all of our. We listen. need the money for our conference. <laughs> we just listen. We just lost all of our listener from Alabama. <laughs> no, I'm sure the Auburn fans are pretty happy with us yeah, right yeah. now. Georgia. Hey, I, was, I was talking Georgia. to Alan Summerford, and he was uh, he lives in Alabama, and he's a Auburn fan. Good for like, him. Oh, oh, thank God, one that doesn't want to kill me. <laughs> Jacob and Andrew are going to leave me in a slough somewhere, buried, like half eaten by an alligator. So, um, Rick, let's start off with, you know, the, the beginning, the beginning of the season and how all that went. And let's, I'm, I'm just going to kind of let you progress through your season and tell the story and get into your buck. And as we go, me and Josh are just going to kind of raise our hand and stop you so we can ask specific questions. Um, don't forget to that. I want you to include every yep. single tiny little detail, thought process, everything that led to this deer. And I know it, you know, from what you were telling me, um, you know, this wasn't your target deer, but I'm interested to hear the whole thing. So yeah, take it away, baby. All right. So yeah, I, I, uh, I guess, like you said, we should start at the beginning of the season and, uh, as I've talked about on here, I have a, a farm that I hunt. It's private. It's like 75 acres and it's a, it's a working cattle farm. <clears throat> and over the past few years, I've gotten to know the landowner pretty well. And uh, he has a cousin that, that lives on the property and just in kind of getting to know him a little bit this year, I had noticed there was an area that you and I had talked about, Chris, I think I'd showed it to Josh, uh, that I kind of looked at and said, I've always wanted to hunt here. So, mm -hmm. uh, at the start of the season, <clears throat> we were talking about this, uh, this little area on this farm, how it's, a really kind of a, a corridor and a funnel into a CRP field of native, uh, grasses and that kind of stuff. But it's a little Creek bottom that runs all the way up into some thicker bedding cover, probably you know, seven, 800 yards away up on this hillside. And I had ran cameras in this area and I had a pretty good buck on camera, uh, early season. He had showed up, he was daylighting and I could never like get down a pattern, uh, with what he was doing. So I put another camera in and, uh, lo and behold, there were some other bucks that were showing up and there was, I want to say, I, I did, I think three different sits. I never saw, never saw a deer, saw plenty of Turkey, um, lots of Turkey, but never saw any does, never saw any bucks. And I was getting these deer on, I mean, daylight, we're talking morning, midday. So I knew I was close to bedding. Like my, my idea in this whole thought was when we, when we looked at this original piece is that when I went and scouted it, I thought I had found buck beds. I thought, well, you know, this, this is, this is a spot where I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill my buck. So September 
turns into October. And in October, muzzleloader came in. I decided to go try to hunt this area with muzzleloader. No luck whatsoever. Um, had a debacle. Lost my ramrod uh, at some point getting in out of the woods. Uh, lost a knife that was my dad's. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, did, like it's just not good. Did uh, you ever find that knife, by the way? No, I've got to go back with a metal detector. Mm-hmm. Still, I think I know where I dropped it at. Um, and I just I need to go back with a metal detector. The landowner's cool. I I can go back and do this. So, um, I decided that I was going to put a camera up in the front of the property where I normally hunt, and this was kind of just like on a whim. I normally uh like I will throw corn down there for a doe to come into uh if i am like really in need of meat late season the only problem with it is is that uh he has a really bad raccoon problem on this farm and they go through a 50 pound bag of corn as i've learned um probably in a day like it's it 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 gets it got to be expensive to the point this year where i said i'm not i'm not going to do this i can't i can't afford to keep doing this because it's just it's not fiscally responsible at this point um so i'm still getting pictures in october uh i'm pulling camera cards and i get a new buck that shows up uh that never daylights except for one time and this is where my season really uh takes what i would say uh a real big left turn so we had talked i think josh it was me and you we were discussing deer camp and how excited I was about this piece of public property mm-hmm. that I thought uh, hadn't been accessed in a long time, that it was keyword hadn't thought um, uh, hadn't been accessed in a long time and was going to just be chuck full of deer. So I went up there, put cams down in August with my dad. Went back up in October, pulled cards, had a nice little eight on camera, had lots of does moving through. No no real big bucks or anything like that. But Ohio is an out-of-state hunt for me anymore. So I look at that as, you know, I, I'm looking to, one, fill my freezer. So if a doe comes by, I'm going to shoot a doe. Like, that's, that's just, like, what that trip means to me. But also... Um, I want to try to take a decent deer if I can, uh, unless it, you know, it gets down, it gets down to the wire. I I might, I might take something, but I don't want to burn a buck tag. I'm spending out of state money on, like I've got gun season, Ohio. I've got muzzleloader in Ohio. I've got all the rest of archery season into what is it? February. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, it's it's, first weekend, first weekend in February. So Deer camp, like both, you know, is I go with my dad and my uncle, my brother comes up every once in a while. And it's, it's, it's one of my favorite times of year. Like I, I practiced my bow, like shooting my bow ridiculous amounts this year. We've talked about it. I flung more arrows this year than I've probably ever shot in my entire life. Uh, And I go, I I had made the decision. I'm going to, I'm going to mobile hunt while I'm up here. Uh, I, we have a set on some private up there 
And I decided that I'm, I'm going to really focus on mobile sets on public around these areas. Well, we get up there um, in October and scrapes had started opening up. Um, I had posted a picture of a pretty decent rub that I found on a tree, real, really, real big, nice signpost rub and started having like scrapes open up around my cameras and little rubs. Um, I think I got there November 4th. So it would have been first, first week in November, first weekend in November. No, my dad and my uncle got up there that, that weekend and scrapes had really started opening up at that time. My uncle uh, decided that he wanted to go into the public area that I had kind of went in and scouted and he had said, you know, there's a lot of scrapes opened up back here. And uh, a lot like Chris, what you had talked about, it started looking like it was like more aggressive sign yeah. where like, stuff's getting broken and he's telling me this and in my head it's like well you know ruts in full bore up there like i'm i might i might have like missed the mark so i pack all my stuff up and i had i had to head to the public um Which i public were you on <laughs> that public that public <laughs> yes that public in that in that ohio i always uh, <laughs> i always like to try to make people feel awkward now that i know how pissed i get when people ask me oh, that ma'am. and how awkward i used to feel i just like to it's almost like you're <laughs> trying to get a girl to go upstairs or something you're <laughs> like hey where did you kill that and you just look right into their eyes like it's <laughs> You will say yes. <laughs> so, um, continue, continue. So, <laughs> so I've got I've got uh, three days. I got three days, six sets to be able to to hunt up up in the up at this place. So, first day I get up there, I decide I'm going to throw a set at this. I'm going to look to see what I go in, and I go in, and there is a scrape. Um, you know, just absolutely massively opened up uh, in front of where I had my trail cam at. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm going to have, you know, pictures. I'm going to have all this wonderful stuff. So I go in. Um, I don't grab my camera. I go up and I get in this tree, which was an adventure in itself because um, it was... It, I want to say it's probably the biggest beech tree I've ever gotten into in my life. Um, and this should have been a foreshadowing event of how my season was going to continue to go. Um, I, <laughs> it, it gets bad. <laughs> um, I, I, I got my stand on my back. I put my pack down. I set my bow down. I get my pack on or my stand on, I, I put my sticks on, my, on the tree. First part, no problem. First stick, no problem. Get up. Second stick, put it on. Um, and I notice there's a limb I've got to get around. <clears throat> so I've got my lineman's ropes. I, you know, move, move one lineman's rope over the top of the other one, still staying attached to the tree. Well, in doing so, 
for whatever reason, I'm I am not thinking, and uh, I get my my stand set, and I get up there and I go to set my stand, and it like it won't it won't cam in. I'm like, what? Like, what the hell's going on here? So I noticed there's this big knot, like this big around on the on the front of the tree, and it is just it's not it's not doing what I need to do. So I'm like, okay. What was would you for the listeners? Would you say that's like a baseball or softball size? Yeah, yeah. I I forget they can't see. Yeah, it's probably. (laughs) You guys see Rick's hands? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would I would say it's probably a softball size like burl on the side of this tree. So I think, well, no problem. I'll just go up a little bit higher, go down, readjust the stick, make the stick higher. So I go up, and then I get the the stand set. Okay, good, good, great, grand. Go back down, get my pack, go back up, get on the stand to set it. I go to set the stand. Everything's fine. Like, okay, great. I move my head. Um, Somehow, I missed a limb. It hits my head hard, and my light falls down to the ground. I'm like, well... How bad? How bad can this be? How 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 bad can this actually be? It's it's a light. It's going to get light soon. It's facing towards a creek. Uh, a creek bottom. It it can't be that bad. Is is the light? The lights on, isn't it? Oh yes, it, it's definitely. Oh on. shit, definitely on. So I, hey, I, everybody, I'm right here. <laughs> exactly. So so we're 45 minutes before daylight, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, well. It's shining down into this, into this, like, into the creek. It's not facing to where the deer are coming from. I'm like, let, let's just play this out. You know, you don't want to go get down, make more noise, and that type of stuff. Like, okay. So, go to set my pack on my, uh, on my, uh, uh, gear hook. Yeah, my gear hook. And the gear hook uh, starts sliding. So I grab my bag, uh, realizing that when I set the gear hook, there was another burl that I was not seeing around the backside of the tree. So it had slipped off the face of that burl down and it had, it had kind of redone it. So I had to recam the recam the gear hook and get everything set. So at this point, it's 30 minutes before daylight. I go to set my, uh, I think it was my range finder. Range finder then falls out of the tree right next to my headlamp. So I'm down a headlamp. I'm down my range finder. I'm like, you know what? We're out, This is only 20 yard shot. No matter where you're shooting from, this shouldn't be an issue. Pull up my bow, go to put my bow on my, uh, bow my bow holder on my tree stand and my bow starts sliding out of the bow holder so i'm like what the hell is going on here i'm just i'm not going to worry about this i'm going to sit here with my bow so i sit uh i can hear deer moving up on the hill above me nothing ever comes down it's like okay i got to get this figured out for the following day so go don't see a deer afternoon sit. I decided to go over to the private, have a doe blow at me walking in. 
Beautiful night. Didn't see anything. Next morning, go into the the public. I feel like I've got an awesome, awesome plan to do all this stuff. I, I made sure everything was better. I pulled my camera. This was the other part I forgot to say. I pulled my camera that is pointed directly at the scrape, and there's nothing on it. Like, nothing on it for mm. two months. Uh, was not real happy with that trail cam, and we, we all know why. The um, scrape was open, right? Recently oh, worked. Recently worked. Worked overnight. Uh, smelled like piss. Like, I mean, it, it was, it, it had been worked and the, the way that this, the, the way that this stuff, uh, it, it, there's, it's a real long line of scrapes and, and rubs and it starts in a pine thicket and it comes down from where I enter at and it, it just works its way back up this hollow up onto this ridge up to, um, some oaks on the side of this hill and then back out towards the front towards this pine this pine area so i'm thinking i have pictures of does like probably 200 yards away crossing directly into this area from a different trail cam it's like if nothing else there may be a hot doe in the area they're gonna run through and they're gonna be moving towards food this makes complete sense and these does were daylighting like in the morning regularly so i thought this this is this is going to be fine there's going to be a buck like obviously if this scrape is here like it, it it just kept getting more and more aggressive each day I went in there. So by the time I went into there this time, limbs are snapped. Um, scrape is opened up real wide and like, it looks, you know, like a real decent deer is in here. So I, I I'm like, I'm, I'm in the right spot in my head. I am in the right spot. So I sit there all morning. I don't see anything. And Chris, you and I talked about this where you said, if you're not seeing stuff, go find stuff. So that's what I did. I, I went, I went and found stuff and I said, okay, <clears throat> when I come back, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to, I'm going to change this up. I'm going to sit in a different spot. I'm going to throw, you know, my whole bag of tricks at it. Uh, in doing this, and this is where my, my season, uh, takes a really, really bad turn. Um, I said to myself, I'm not going to hunt the evening there. I want, I want to do, I want to change the scenery. I'm going to go over to the private. So I decided to go over the private. Um, I am on my way up there. Beautiful evening. Like it's get it. The temperature's dropping from, I don't know, like 45 to 32 that night. And it's just clear as a bell and beautiful evening. And the walk-in was nice. I'm not sweating. Access was good. I go get in my stand, start pulling my bow up, and my bow gets hung. I think this happens to everybody at some point. Your bow is going to get hung on a stick or something like that. And you you got to either lower it down or move it to try to get it around these twigs. So I go to drop my bow down a little bit and it drops down but i notice like the cam is like not moving from from a branch so i was like man this this is weird like i've never had this happen so like i give a little tug nothing and i kind of let go of the rope and the bow just like is there and like something's not right here so i go down i notice that there is now a twig 
and we're not talking like a stick. We're talking like a twig stuck between the string and my cam. And it's not lodged in very far. Like, okay, pull, pull the twig out. So I go try to get the twig undone. Well, it's a, it's a very green tree. So I have to snap the twig off from the tree and I'm like, I'm going to fix this when I'm, when I'm sitting up in my stand and I'm, I'm just, I'm going to get my stand and I'm going to let myself get calmed down and figure this out. So I get up in my stand and I sit down and I start looking at it and I go to pull the twig out and like shit, like I don't even know. I want to call it a shaving because it was thicker than that. Like is noticeably under the string in the cam. And I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this and I'm like, well, you could shoot that shoot, but you don't know what that's going to do. So your best bet is to get whatever the hell that is out of there. So in my mind, which is not very smart at the moment because I'm overwhelmed because I'm trying to get stuff set up to go hunting, put my release on the bowstring, pull. And as I'm pulling, I think in my head, well, I can just pull that out of there. So I pull and, I, <laughs> and everything's fine. Everything's fine. Get it. And I move my hand down slightly and I get, I, I get my fingers on the twig. And then next thing I know, my string makes this awful noise and hits my limb. And at that point, uh, anyone in the vicinity for probably a mile and a half probably heard me yell the F word uh, as loud as I possibly could because it is 3.30 on a Friday. And I have now completely screwed up my bow completely screwed up my bow so it derailed uh, yeah it derailed so and i immediately send a group text i well i'm not anywhere where i can get service either so i've got a i've got a hike out <laughs> i've got a hike out i've got to get to my truck the hike turned into a dead sprint um down the hill not suggested <clears throat> To my truck, drive as fast as I can down a road that is was not safe for me to do as such. To where I finally got service, I start sending texts. Can anybody help me? Can anybody get a string back on here? Um, and every I start realizing like everybody is two hours away, like hour and a half, two hours away. So my next thought is like I've got to find a bow shop. Yep. I have to find a bow shop. So luckily I found one. Um I don't want to say where it is because it'll yeah, it'll be it's, it'll be a say. dead it'll be a dead giveaway to where yeah. I'm hunting. Don't um where it was. Yeah. So I I call him and guy says, Yeah. He's like, We're I'm gonna charge you like 40 extra bucks because it's, it's like we gotta get it on the thing right now and we're closing soon. I'm like, deal. So I haul ass 30 minutes to this place, walk in. I show him like, the guy, super nice. He's like, you're the guy that called about the Outback. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. So he goes, <clears throat> he's looking at it. 
Did Go he ahead. ask why you still had an Outback? Uh, no, <laughs> he didn't, honestly. Um, <laughs> and I was surprised. <laughs> um, I, I, I was, I was very surprised. And, uh, as we get further into the story, I'll let you know another thing that I saw at their shop. So, uh, I, I they had a switchback um, that they were working on in the back too. Two thousand seven. So, yep. Yeah. So there's there's guys there's guys still shooting them. Um. So he and I uh like go to he's like looking it over everything, and he turns the bow over and looks at the limb. And his eyes get as big as golf balls. And my immediate thought is like, man, he must think I'm the biggest idiot in the world for doing this with this string. And he turns and my limb has this, I can see light coming through the crack in the limb. And he goes, I'm not putting this on a vice. And I, I just like, I wanted to cry. Like I was furious. So, I, I said, like, <laughs> any chance you've got an extra limb lying around? He goes, uh, no. And he said, quite honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're zero stock on the 20-year-old. <laughs> um, zero stock. He, he goes, quite honestly, um, it would cost more for me to do that than it would be for a new one of these bows. So I said, okay. I said, looks like I'm buying a new bow. And to to be like to give everyone an idea, this is the same bow I have had for eight years. And <sighs> the only reason I have this bow, and I mean it's a bow that I've had since I've got into bow hunting. Um, my dad had an inability to pull back on uh, pull it back anymore, uh, due to some heart issues. And he's he's like, Well, I don't want it to go to waste. He says, Why don't you start learning how to bow hunt? Like, okay. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. So, uh, he's the original owner of the bow. So I'm the second owner of the bow. I was like, I know it was taken care of good. So that, that's the one I've always used. Um, now this gets into the thought process again of, uh, Rick, not understanding the cost of things. So <laughs> I, I think they were $600 brand new in 2003. <laughs> Yeah. 450 For, forgive my autism 450 <laughs> um is is what is what my dad i think paid because uh Rick, they got a, deal. a lot of things during the recession <clears throat> when they were cheap oh yeah <laughs> um 2003 uh that was a brand new bow and i think that uh when my parents were volunteering uh through the turkey federation that Ma uh, matthews had a deal with them or something along those lines to where you could buy the bow uh, a little bit cheaper or something like that. So, um, it was still, ex I mean, that's a lot of money for back. Like it's a lot of money. Like that's just what it is. So I'm thinking, you know, oh, new bows going to cost me six, $700. Not, 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 not that much. So, uh, I call my wife. She was not happy with me. Uh, and I said, well, uh, it's either I get a new bow right now or, uh, I sit up here and I drink the entire weekend because I am not in a good headspace. Um, and I'm going to sit in the cabin. I'm not going to be up here doing what I want to do. Uh, I can't gun hunt uh, because I left my shotgun at home uh, for turkey season. Uh, it was Ohio turkey season. 
uh, during that time. Couldn't couldn't do that either. And um, my brother was coming up. I'm like, well, Will might want to stay at the cabin. And it's like, no, he's going musky fishing. It's like, oh, okay, wonderful. So it would be me sitting there all day. I'd have college football to watch, but that's about it. So she's she says, like, go ahead. She's like, how much does the new boat cost? I'm like, I don't know, like 800 bucks. She's like, fine, whatever, just put it on the credit card. So I walk in and I look at the guy. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to buy a new bow. He's like, what's the new Matthews cost? And he goes, $1,100. And I'm just like, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> like this, this and I was like, that's, that's clean. Right. He goes, and I said like, like no rest, no sight, no nothing. And he goes completely clean. I was like, I am screwed. <clears throat> I cannot buy an $1,100 boat. I can't, I cannot do it. Um, I, I would like, I'd get a knife in me when I came home or something like that. So the guy, <laughs> The guy looks at me and he goes, that's a lot. I know. He says, however, how would you feel about a used bow? And I was like, well, that's what I've shot for eight years. So why change the trend now? So luckily, uh, he had a Matthews uh, Halon 6. It was his bow. And he's like, I will give you a deal on this. Uh, it, so that bow came out in 2016 so it's eight years old and uh it was in good condition <clears throat> he's the original owner of it and he's like i'll sell it to you for 500 bucks and that was that was out the door him putting all my stuff on that bow with the exception exception of the riser which we'll get to here in a second um oh wait Exception of the riser. So the ham scale that I have, he's Jesus like, Christ. right? Hamsky. Uh, <laughs> Hamsky. Ham, I, I don't know how to say words. Um, Hamsky. He's the like, ha the ham scale. <clears throat> ham scale. That's, I'm phonetically challenged. Um, Hamsky. Uh, he's like, I don't know that it actually fits on this bow. Mm. And he said, if you're planning on hunting this weekend, I would suggest just keeping the riser that's on here right now. We'll fire shots through it. He, he had, he had a, what are you saying that? So what is the riser to you? Cause the riser, rest, to me, rest, rest, rest. Okay. Like, All righty. There rest, we are. Not riser. The riser is literally the bow. <laughs> There's the riser. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. The rest he did have limbs. The rest, the rest would not sit correctly on in the in the area that it would need to. Thank you. I need to change out this riser. <laughs> I need, I need, to, I need, need to, to change the middle, out the chassis to my need, car, please. <laughs> so I keep I keep the rest that's on there. Uh it it's a you know it works and we get my site on there and at this point it is 4 30 so it is i'm burning daylight and i need to get this bow sighted in i go back um i fling probably 30 arrows while there's light still trying to get this thing sighted in 
get it sighted in at 20 and 30. And in my mind, for right now, that's all I need to do. This is a different, very different bow from what I'm used to shooting. And at this point during the trip, it's like, you know, if I if I have a deer in front of me at 20 yards, I, I feel proficient with, enough with this bow. I can kill something. Well, guess what didn't happen? I, I didn't see a deer for the rest of the trip. So the, the, Rick, Rick's deer season up until this point it was not good. It, it, it was, it was not a fun deer season um, in terms of chasing bucks and all this kind of stuff. So I, I decided like at that point um, I need to take a break, like a week away from hunting deer. Like, it's like, it's just, I'm, I'm not going to go. Uh, I, I, I felt just like I needed to not, not worry about this. I, I gun hunted with my son during that time, which was a lot of fun. We saw a deer, nothing within range, uh, which leads me to the deer that I shot, uh, the second week of Kentucky gun. So, uh, the place, as I mentioned, <clears throat> is a working cattle farm. Uh, the the farmer, for as long as I've known him, has really not liked the idea of gun hunting on his farm. And he shot a deer with a three fifty thirty out six last year, uh, and I've I've known him now I think for six years. And he finally said he's like Rick, it's fine, you know. It's the reason why I muzzleloader hunted there this year. He's like, it's fine. You can gun hunt. Wonderful. Thank, thank you. I love you. Yeah. Uh, and and in my head, <clears throat> I think well, uh, I've got a three fifty legend sighted in that I sighted in for my son. Uh, I'm not going to be taking any super long shots here. I might as well kill a deer with this gun. I've been wanting to do this. And I've been wanting to, you know, kill one out of my mobile set. It's a short gun. I'm not, I'm not going to be finagling with a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm going to do this. So I go and I go to the front hollow where I said I normally put corn down at. And I think, you know, those are going to be moving through here. I hadn't seen anything towards <laughs> the back. The problem with this is, is that uh, it is now gun season in Kentucky. So I would not have been able to hunt the back anyways because the cousin, that is where he hunts. So I'm relegated towards the front. I've killed deer out of this area plenty of times before. And at this point, I'm not worrying about a buck. It is, a, it is the farthest thing from my mind at this point. So I think I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to have a sit. I'm going to go kill a doe. So I go on, I think it was a Sunday evening. and. Yeah, because, oh, yeah, I remember this very distinctly now. For your hunt? Yeah. So your, your hunt wasn't on a Sunday evening. No, 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 no. Th this this hunt was on a Sunday oh, okay. because it was this, the Bengals didn't play that day because Joe Burrow got hurt on oh, Thursday. Oh, oh. So I went and hunted on a Sunday evening thinking I'll shoot a doe. I'll put one in the freezer and I'll get my head right. I'll get a slump buster. And I will be right back in the game for wanting to kill a buck. Well, I get 25 minutes into my hunt. And all of a sudden, I hear children screaming 
like screaming, screaming. And I am one very confused because there's no small children <laughs> at this farm. I look up into my left <clears throat> and here's four kids running right through the bedding area of where <laughs> these deer are supposed to be at. Oh, so in my head, I'm sitting here thinking this is no different than public. This happens. This is, this will be fine. I don't have that shit on public. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yours are older and a female. Yeah. I guess that's true. <laughs> Love you, Tammy. So I, I decide I'm just going to sit and we're just going to let the night play out and maybe something's going to come through. Well, guess what? Nothing came through. Hey everybody, Rick here from Fueled by the Outdoors, and I'm here to tell you about a wonderful company, Saddies, custom ammunition and gun works. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads lately. Uh, I've been using the Saddies Fatties uh, turkey loads, and I gotta tell you, they stop a bird dead. Chris uh, used a 20 gauge this year, I used the 12, Josh used a 20, and uh, my son actually killed one with a 410 this year with uh, one of the Saddies loads, and my god, do they put the birds down like crazy. Aaron Satterfield and his family have a wide-ranging array of ammunition, custom game loads, predator loads, turkey loads, the Saddies Fatty, and also they do gun work. Please get a hold of them with any questions that you have in terms of your custom ammunition needs. Go to saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com and tell them that Rick from Fueled by the Outdoors sent you. So at this point, I'm feeling pretty, pretty down. I go uh, that following so we go, Joe Burrow gets hurt on that Thursday. Um, I don't want to hunt anyways because Joe Burrow's been hurt. It threw me in a weird headspace. Don't ask me why. It just did. Um, and then Thanksgiving comes around. And I I go on a I try to do a small game hunt every year with uh some guys that I've been hunting with for goodness, uh probably twenty eight years now. And I go have a great time. The following day, uh, I decide I'm going to go hunt across. I'm going to go hunt this private. And I tell my wife, like, this is going to be a short hunt. Like if nothing shows up by nine o'clock, I am like, I'm just going to come home. You go do your shopping or whatever. And I go to a clay bird shoot that afternoon every year as well. And so I'm just like, Oh, this is, you know, a quick, quick in and out hunt. I'll go, go do this clay bird shoot at, you know, one, two o'clock. And, I'll be, if I get a deer, I'll just got it the next day. Cause it was going to be cold. I get my, get my stand. Um, and it gets to be about 10 minutes before daylight. And I start hearing, uh, rush moving from behind me at about 150 yards. And then I start hearing rocks and there's a Creek. There's a Creek that kind of runs through here. I was like, okay, well, like maybe this is, maybe these are my does, like moving through this area, going back up towards the bedding. It's a little bit lighter. It's a little bit lighter. It's I'm not hearing anything at this point. I was like, well, maybe it was just raccoons or something like that. Um, and then all of a sudden <clears throat> I hear brush about, I would say 50 yards behind me. 
and I look out and in this field, here is a buck I do not have on camera. I have never seen this deer before at all. His nose is to the ground and he is not paying a lick of attention to anything around him. Um, he comes down out of an open field right along a fence line that's like 20 yards from me. Um, my wind was going exactly the way away from him. I, I had hoped it was a northeast wind that day. So he is catching wind coming down from a bedding area where does are supposed to be at. And they it goes down into this little creek area and funnels down and it funnels up to the bedding. He comes in and I am just like ecstatic at this point. I was like, this is not supposed to be happening right now. Um, he is coming through the brush and he is, he had, he had a decent body, which in my head is like, that means that's a big deer. Um, and his antlers are obscured by some honeysuckle and he stops and he sniffs the ground and he starts munching on some leaves. I get my gun up and put it on him right behind the shoulder and shoot. And the deer runs about 50 yards out and just stands there. And I'm looking, the deer's not wobbling. Deer's not acting like he's hit. So I rack out another round and I shoot. And that time he bucks and doesn't mule kick, but he just takes off like a bat out of hell. So I'm sitting here thinking like, I know I hit the deer. Like I know I ain't where I aimed at. I know I look down the scope when I'm shooting it. And I know that I shot right behind the shoulder. And the second shot, I aimed at the exact same place. So I'm, I'm extremely confused at this point because this deer just takes off running. Like he, he, he is not like, you know, when you shoot a deer with a rifle, it, it's supposed to go down like that. It, <laughs> it's supposed I said that to myself over and over when you texted us. I was like, God damn it, Rick. <laughs> it's supposed gun. it's supposed to fall and i i am i'm just flabbergasted so i get down i go over to where i first shot there's no blood i was like this is not good this is there, there's this is not good i go out to where i shot him at where i saw him buck there's no blood. I'm like, this is really bad. Like something is not right here. So I go, I follow the trail and I look up and I see the deer and he is hunched up. It was like, Oh, like, did I gut shoot him? I was like, this isn't right. Well, at this point, the deer has jumped the fence onto some other person's property. So the cousin who lives on this property comes up. He says, "Did he, well, he texts me. He says, did I, was that you who shot? And I said, yeah. I said, I shot a buck. And I was like, and he goes, I'll help you come up and drag. Okay, awesome. Thanks, man. You're getting down from your hunt to come help me. So he comes up and he's like, where's the deer? I said, it hopped the fence here. 
he's like, go knock on the guy's door. He's a family friend. So um, we both see the deer or I see the deer and we both hear this loud crash like in, in, in the, in the, in the briars, like directly across from us. It's like this deer's laying dead over there. Go knock on this guy's door. And he gives me permission. He's like, oh yeah. He goes, he's like, just, if you need to like open the gate, make sure it's shut, walk back there, get your deer. I'm like, okay, great. No problem. So we go over to, we hop the fence, go into this guy's property. There's blood right, right where we're thinking it's going to be. I go over to where I saw the deer fall at. There's a big thing of blood. There's no deer. No deer at all. It's like, okay, something's weird here. Um, so I make sure I've got uh, my my gun uh, ready to go in case something goofy happens. So we start looking. We start tracking and find more blood, more blood, more blood, more blood, and then no blood. It's like, well, what the hell happened here? So we're walking along this fence line. And I backtrack it, and then I see lots of blood, and I see belly hair. And he had hopped the fence onto another property. And if this isn't a if – if you've gotten this far into the podcast, and if this isn't enough for you to say, I'm hunting public next year, I don't know what will. Um, because uh, this this – this was rough. So I call the landowner. He gets me the guy's number whose property this is. I call him. He is very reluctant to allow me on his property. Um, he is not very happy with the fact that I am uh, attempting to go on his property and go look for this deer, but he lets me do it anyways. So at this point, um, we start tracking lots of blood, lots of blood, pin prick, pin prick, pin prick, no blood, backtrack, find blood, pin prick, lots of blood, pin prick, pin prick. And I, I cannot figure out what, like, what's going on at this point. Um, the only thing that I could figure was I started seeing dark blood, which, in my head meant I hit this deer in the liver, but that got superseded by Rick. You shot this deer in the lungs. You know, you shot him in the lungs because that's where you aimed at. So we go, I go start looking in an open field and all of a sudden the guy I'm with tracking says, I found your deer. I am expecting the deer to be dead when I get there. The deer is not dead. He is standing 15 yards away from the deer whose head is just sitting up and he's just laying there like basking in the sun. Like there's not two humans standing 15 yards from him. So at that point, I rack another round and I shoot the deer. He then gets up and runs away. What good are you? Not great. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Jesus. 
<laughs> so, um, oh shit. Yeah. It, so it gets better. Um, so I, I can't figure this out. And the only thing I can think of is that there is something ridiculously off with my gun. Like I, I, like I'd shot the gun. I got it sighted in my seven-year-old was driving tax with this gun a week before this, like this, this should not, this should not be like this. And and I, I, I I can't, I can't get my head around it. So we track this deer for another two hours and I do not find the deer. Um, I'm sick to my stomach at this point. Um, I've told my wife, we like, I've got a deer. I'm going to be home. This was two hours ago. Um, I've got a deer, no big deal. I'm going to look for it. I look, I look, I look. Um, and I couldn't find it. I lost blood. And I mean, we searched the thicket and it hit open grass and we, we lost trail. Um, I, I can't explain it any other way. So, um, I was pretty dejected at that point. I think I had wrote you guys. Um, I was pretty upset. Um, I don't get too emotional over that stuff. Most times, um, I was, I was really like not happy with Rick at that point. It's like, how, how could you do this? Like you had a gun. How does this happen? So I go back, um, at the, I, I get in my truck. I tell, I like go home, hop in the shower. And like, you ever seen one of those movies where like someone's in the shower, like contemplating life, like they're just standing there and it's just like silent and you just hear the water hitting the floor. Every movie in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. yeah so dejected look on their face. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that was me for about 20 minutes in my shower. I, I said, I told my boys, I'm like, I don't care what you do. Go play your switches. Go watch TV. Just, like, don't murder anybody. I need to go, like, stand by myself. Um, my kid, my youngest didn't understand why I didn't have the deer. And it was, it was just, it was not a great experience. So I go on with the rest of my day. And like this thing is filling my head and like, I cannot concentrate on anything but this. I go to this clay bird shoot every year that afternoon, something that I absolutely love to do. Um, I was just like, like it, like I was, I was glad to be there, but like, it was one of those things where I'm sitting there trying to figure out ways to get back on this property to go look for my deer um, legally um, because all the illegal ways <laughs> came through my head too. It was like, like you could do this and break the law. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> Mind you, I'd been up since like four o'clock in the morning. Cause I, I was excited. I got to go deer hunting that day. It was a big day. Like I got to go deer hunting. I got to go shoot guns. Like it was, it was going to be a great day. It was not a great day. So I go to bed that night. The next morning I wake up at four 30 and cannot sleep. And anybody who has shot a deer and let it lay overnight knows the feeling that I'm talking about is like 
you cannot wait for it to get light out to try to go find a deer. Only problem with this was, is that I did not know if I was going to be allowed back on these people's property. Like it was, it, it was, it was one of those things. So I got up at four 30. I think I drank a pot of coffee that morning, which I never do anymore. And I devised a plan. And that plan was, uh, I went into my bourbon collection. I found a bottle that I felt was good. And I said to myself, I'm going to go to these people's door. I'm going to knock on their door and I'm going to hand them this and say, thank you for letting me go on your property yesterday. Is there any way that I can go look for my deer? So eight o'clock rolls around. My wife decides to take the boys to a movie. This is a perfect time. Rick's got two and a half hours to kill. So I immediately, as soon as they left, went and knocked on these people's door. Uh, the man's wife answers. I hand her. I said, hey, my name's Rick. Uh, I was on your property yesterday looking for a deer. Want to give you this bottle of bourbon. Like, say thank you for letting me do that. And... She's like, oh, okay. And like, she had like the door cracked, like I was going to assault, assault them. Mm. Um, and she like opens, she like opens it. Like when she sees the bottle of bourbon and I was like, I want to give you this. Thanks. And she's like, oh, okay. That's very nice of you. I said, I have a really big favor to ask. Can I go back down and give it one more shot looking for my deer? And she goes, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Like not, not even a second thought. I was like, I'm lucking out here big time. So I tell her, I'm going to go, I'm going to go park over by this barn. Is that a good place? To, yeah, that's fine. Go park over there. I go, I get my gun. I brought a 30 out six this time because I wasn't letting the, like, if for some reason this deer was going to get up and run. I was going <laughs> to shoot it in the neck and this or the head and it was going down. I didn't care if I knocked antlers off this thing. Like, like this, this was, I, I, I wounded a deer. I need to kill the deer. I brought my bazookas. <laughs> <laughs> so I should say this before I go any more into it. Um, and this, this is, uh, I saw a post about some guy asking what's, what's better on extra Spartan forge. Um, I stared at a Spartan forge LIDAR map for probably 40 minutes after I went through every possible satellite picture, looking at it, every UAV picture to try and see where this deer, where I might've lost this track at and where this deer might've been. So um, there was a pond at the top of the hill. I'm thinking if I gut shot this deer, maybe it ran up here and that's where this is at. So I start, walking i get five feet into my walk and my phone goes off it's the guy who owns the property and he just says hey my wife said you're on our property be aware there may be somebody hunting right where you're going i'm like wonderful so i look there's nobody there the spot that he's talking about there's a corn feeder and like an old hay bale blind Nobody's there. There's not this four wheeler that's supposed to be sitting there that I guess if the guy's there or not. So I go and check this pond, nothing. 
I go back to where I had last blood. I look at the LIDAR and I notice that in this thicket, that's probably 600 yards long, that there's two creek areas. Um, there's two little dip downs. And in my head, I'm thinking there's like, if there's any water in there, that's where I need to go, but I'm going to make my way through there. So I zigzag through the first 200 yards of brush. Don't find anything. Uh, let me rephrase that. I find lots of rubs. I find lots of scrapes. I find lots of beds. Uh, so everything that I thought about this property was correct that this is the bedding area for the deer that I've been trying to hunt for the past, you know, six years on, on this adjacent farm. So I get to what would be like the first Creek thing, the first Creek, uh, drainage coming off the top of this hill. There's the no walk. Down. Yeah. The dip down. <laughs> no, no, no water in it. No water in it whatsoever. So I'm, I'm, I walk past that and I'm, I'm getting to a point now. I think I'm an hour and a half into tracking and I like, I, I don't talk about this a lot on here. Um, I'm pretty superstitious. Um, I pray a lot about, about this kind of stuff too. So uh, me and the big man had a talk about um i needed a sign to ensure that i'm not going crazy and that i'm doing the right thing looking for this deer and me and me and the big guy upstairs um i like to say we communicate through birds um anytime something good in my life has happened there's always been um a bird involved it's just it's weird i don't know any other way to say it but like if i say god give me a sign a freaking bird appears and like nine times out of 10, that's the right thing that happens. Um, uh, my son is named Keaton. Keaton means a place of Hawks. When my wife uh, brought that name to me, I said, that's a weird name. And then I'm driving to work when I, when I said that to her and a Hawk swooped across, I, and I kid you not, a Hawk swooped across my hood of my truck. And I was like, well, God wants your kid to be named this, so that's what that's what you're going to name your kid. <clears throat> what, so, what what bird brought me into your life? Um. Uh. So the first time or the second time? <laughs> oh my God! There's two. <laughs> no. Uh. The so probably was probably so that so the nasty here. It was probably <laughs> it probably was a crow. Um. Honestly, when you get into like the lore of crows and that kind of stuff, if you see a crow, um different tribes or different um different groups of people across the world believe that's the start of a great adventure so it's nice. important yeah yeah it's it's really nice so i start saying to god i'm like hey man like i need i need a sign something here because i'm fast approaching the second drainage and i i need a sign here so all of a sudden 60 yards in front of me Crows, Brandon Lee. Yeah, <laughs> it can't rain all the time. Um, bro, I've been crows, waiting forever to say that. Crows start moving out of this tree. It's about ten yards past past this drainage, 
I go to the top of the drainage. There's water in it. It's like, okay. And so I walk down second pool right where these crows are. And I look up and there's my deer deader than a doornail. Um, and to say that I didn't cry would be a lie. Um, I don't know that I've ever gotten that emotional over finding an animal, but I was so happy that I found that deer. Um, I, I texted my wife, um, like I found, I found it and, uh, I immediately texted you too. And I was like, I found the deer. Um, like I was, I was in, I was in disbelief. Um, because I, th I thought that this was, this wasn't going to happen. So, um, I ended up, uh, when I, when I got to him, uh, he was, I mean, he was in full rigor mortis. It was really cold overnight, which benefited me greatly. Um, and then I started looking at the shots and, I noticed that one shot entered way back um, in the in the back hind quarter, and I'm like, "Well, I must have just blown this thing's guts out," um, and I hit liver or something like that. Well, then I open it up, and I I'm expecting full like nasty, like you you know what happens when you got shoot a deer? It's gross. Um, I'm expecting full nasty bloat gut and I opened this deer up and there's none of that there. It was like, this is like something's off here. Um, so I get the deer gutted. I call Chris, I call you cause I'm supposed to be at your, I was supposed to be at your house uh, to watch the Ohio state game that day. Cause this, this is, this is, this is the, this is the game day. Um, so I, I'm in the woods. I get all my stuff. I start dragging. Um, I have not drug a deer by myself in, I mean, probably a decade. I've always what? had, I swear to God, like I've, I've, I've always, I've always like deer camp. We all get down and help each other. Um, at, uh, when I shot my buck there three years ago, my dad was like, I called my dad. He's like, well, I'll just come over and help you drag it out. Well, okay. Um, I've never, I've never not uh, had, I think had somebody to really kind of drag a deer out with me. It's all, I've always had somebody there. So I was like, well, gotta, gotta get uphill. And this is, this was not, this was not a short walk. This was all uphill by myself um and luckily for me the landowner came down and met me because i got to a fence that i could not get through and he was there and he's like let me undo the fence for you undoes his barbed wire fence that he's that he's got put up helps me get the deer there tells me to drive down as far as i need to we have a great conversation as we're as as i'm dragging this like he's helped me drag the deer probably the last hundred yards up a hill um, and then, uh, I get it in the back of my truck and I get it hung and like, it was kind of like this whole thing almost came to a close. So 
get 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 the deer piecemealed out um butchered and my parents came over on friday to help like help me process it all out and i think i was talking to you chris uh, when we were watching the ohio state game I was like man like something something's super wrong here like i know i'm not that bad of a shot like i'm not the greatest in the world by any means um but I, like i know i didn't i know i didn't do something that bad here so enter ohio gun uh i can only use the 350 legend for ohio gun i've got a couple days to hunt so i'm going to take advantage of it i go to get this gun sighted in and uh my dad and i go to sight it in and it is five inches low and five inches to the right like not yeah <laughs> um not not lot. even yeah a lot a lot um not even close so I start backtracking and thinking like, why, why is this happening? And this is a word to the wise, um, to anybody who does this, uh, I learned my lesson. I hope anybody else who's uh, within the sound of my voice does too. Um, I packed my gun in on my backpack. Uh, I have done that exactly two times. I have done it both with that 350 legend. And when I packed it in, I buckled it down over the top of the scope, which was not smart. And I think that in doing that and jostling it around too much, that the gun became off. Uh, you know, uh, scopes can take only so much, but when you're talking about walking in and out and up and down and jostling things around, uh, you know, it's just better to carry it at that point. So you want to talk about the, yeah. You can talk about the favorite thing I learned this year, that, like <laughs> that, that right there. Um, well, don't forget to tell them the other, the cool part, like the sort of silver lining here, which part the Lando. <laughs> oh yeah. That's the best part. <laughs> um, the landowner, uh, was more than kind. Uh, when he and I got to talk about stuff and he has, uh, he, he doesn't hunt. Um, he really, um, sat and talked. I mean, we talked for probably an hour and there may be an ability that I get to hunt on this guy's property next year. Uh, which, which overall, I mean, that, that's, that's a wonderful thing. Um, but like he, you know, we, we talk about like doing the right thing and being ethical and doing like things right by sportsmen and other people. And I, I, I tell my clients all the time, like it, it, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. Like it, it doesn't like your time and your effort. And this guy was more than kind and letting me come on his property more than kind and helping me get this deer up. And, you know, hopefully fingers crossed. Um, he lets me have permission to hunt, uh, next fall, uh, on his, on his property. And if he doesn't, you know, <clears throat> that's okay too, because this is one of those situations where, uh, I, I could not, I could not have been happier, 
um, and more, I guess, relieved that that this all happened the way that it did. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm pumped for you. We were all jacked for you when you sent that message in the thread. Kind of figured you would find him. Kind of figured you'd hit him back and you would end up finding him, especially, you know, kind of close to water. So pretty cool, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was a real smart move on your part, pulling up the different maps and yep. just trying to figure out where that deer would go. Yeah. Referencing. Well, yeah. and uh, like this, this is something that we talk about on here. Uh, and again, I bounced ideas off of everybody. Um, I know Aaron had said like, do you think you can get a dog or a drone out there? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't think that's going to be possible at all. So I fell back on what, I know to be basic woodsmanship. Like you go to la- like you track, you look at what way the blood's flowing when you're, when you're going, you go to last blood when you lose a deer and then you just keep working. You grid search. And then if you know, you've hit a gut shot deer, they're almost always going to go to water. So, you know, my, my mind went to, I need to find water on this property and it like i i've got i owe it to the animal at that point to give it my all and and to make sure that i i i put forth all my effort um and and anyone out there's listening if you're going to take an animal's life like you 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 damn well better do everything you can to recover it like yep. every freaking bit of it and we got a ton of meat off the deer like freezer's full just just from him so that that's that doesn't mean I'm not not hunting anymore this season as much as my wife would like to hear that. Um, <laughs> um, I've still got I've still got muzzleloader in Ohio, which is my absolute favorite hunt of the year. Love that cold weather stuff, dude. Oh, man. It's great. So, so. congrats again. Uh, before we mm-hmm. bounce, guys, real quick, um, we run a group for strictly mobile hunters. It's mm-hmm. called Mobile Hunter. It's on Facebook. Um, if you are not a part of our Facebook group, Fueled by the Outdoors, please join that as well as the Mobile Hunter. And then give us a like and follow on our business pages, Fueled by the Outdoors podcast, the Mobile Hunters Expo. Uh, like and follow us on Instagram. And then if there's some content that you would like to hear, Please, please, please write in to us, comment uh, on one of the podcast platforms or or whatever, and hit us up with some content you'd like to hear, people you'd like interviewed, mm-hmm. tactics, yep, anything you want. Um, we've got some really cool stuff planned uh, for the next couple weeks, and then the next year's just going to absolutely be killer. So just wanted to bring that to your guys' attention. I got, I got one more thing. If, if you can also go on, uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, uh, give us five stars, write a review. Uh, that helps, that helps this podcast grow. Yeah. Uh, we, we've grown exponentially this year. Uh, thanks. Thanks to you guys who are, yeah. who are listening to these and we, we can't make this program without, without you guys listening. And that, that's, that, that's the honest truth. So we, we enjoy doing this. Um, you know, I, I, I say this as kind of a joke. We started this, um, 
I think this is our fourth season doing this, doing this show. Uh, and we've added a host since me and Chris started it with Josh and we really enjoy putting this content out for you all. Uh, we like learning just as much as you all do. So if you can spread the word, share it, give us a five-star review mm. and that's all I got. Those, yeah. those reviews help a ton on the podcasting platforms. Just quick review comment it helps a lot in the long run heck yeah yep. well guys rick congrats again man appreciate congrats it man some, uh, of a bug. congrats so far we're we're three for three and uh well actually no four for four dude yeah i killed two bucks um so you two owe me a buck each <laughs> kentucky <laughs> and in ohio so, Absolutely. I'm trying to find one. Let's go yickety yak on some antlers. Um, <laughs> and then hopefully I can put down a third down in Alabama. Well, they've got a three buck limit. <laughs> <laughs> We've all seen what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, day one, don't be, you know, a neat little cute southern buck because. <laughs> waylay you uh, so with that being said guys thanks so much for tuning in this has been fueled by the outdoors podcast i've been your host chris leppert tonight i was co-hosted by josh luck and we were joined by our main man rick case here thanks so much have a great day bye bye, bye.